Hey, Feely Humans, known here. Today's episode is me talking about my dog, Scooby, the love of my life, my 14-year-old Labrador who died on April 21st of this year, just about a month ago as of this recording. And I sent out some questions to you, the listeners, um, for Scooby and for my relationship with Scooby, and I wanted to share that in a special episode all about Scooby and my love for him and Jessica's love for him and our love for him collectively and just uh, the type of dog he was. And this this episode will probably include some big emotions, some big feelings, maybe some crying And I want to say thank you for being here with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for honoring Scooby by listening. And uh, I I took some questions, so I'll be I'll be answering some questions from you. But first, I wanted to read uh, a piece that I wrote about Scooby in the days leading up to his death. And you can read it as well. It's at feelyhuman.co. It's called Grief, Acceptance, and Letting Go of a Dog Named Scooby. So I'm going to read that right now. April 17th. I wake and check to see if he's breathing, a routine that happens throughout the night in fits of nightmare and anxiety. I see his tummy rising up and down like the slow, steady hum of a tugboat slicing through a choppy sea. He's alive. He's still here. I've got one more day. I'm exhausted and there's no doubt in my mind he's exhausted too. I scream inside. Why can't he speak my language? But then I remember he can. I need to listen deeper. It takes him 15 minutes before his back legs are even ready for the plunge off the bed. They splay out under him like unattended marionettes until I, the conductor, gently lift his back end and guide him off the bed. Sometimes he's not ready to take on the morning, so I wait. I make coffee, I feed Maddie, I prepare his breakfast, I interrupt Maddie before she eats her own morning plop. I wait, and I listen. Deeper. What's his body saying? What are his eyes telling me? His tail wags a rotation like a furry helicopter blade, and I wonder if he's telling me he is still here, ready for what may come. I don't want to rush him, though. I don't want to burden him with my anxiety, my human hopes and selfishness. The truth is, I don't know how to fully tell if he's ready to get off the bed or to venture into the great beyond. Maybe he doesn't want to come down at all, channeling his human mama's deep love for bed. When I guide him down eventually, I notice again the instability in his front legs, where the back legs are like the blackout drunk stumbling his way out the bar. His front legs are like a war-torn soldier carrying battle wounds and the PTSD he's tired of fighting. A couple weeks ago, we noticed a gargantuan tumor near his right armpit. Last week, the vet said, It's the kind of tumor you can't really operate on, especially for an old dog, and that it will be the thing to take him. I feel an urge to be angry at the tumor. But perhaps that's my misplaced grief, my need to make sense of the thing that's nonsensical. Death, the mystery, the lights shutting off. The point isn't in the making sense of. The point is in the allowing, the accepting, the letting go. We are finite creatures. Life is fleeting, 
and death comes for us all. That's what makes it beautiful and gives it all the meaning. Doesn't mean I don't still want to talk death philosophy with a dog named Scooby. Doesn't mean that it isn't fucking heartbreaking. Doesn't mean that I won't miss him every day for the rest of my life. But it does mean that I can, when I allow and accept and meet the world and our dogs where they are, I can create more space for beauty. April 19th. It's Monday, and in two days the vet will come over to our house to put Scooby to sleep forever. It's the decision we all animal lovers hate the most, so we listen as best we can, we allow for him to be his truest, most beautiful self, and we try not to muck it up with our real human yearning to keep him here with us. As our vet says, it's better to go early than go a minute too late, and I nod, and I agree, and yet I want to burn it all to the ground because my best friend will be dead, and that means I won't get to wake up with him anymore. On Wednesday, April 21st, for the first time in almost 15 years, I won't wake up with Scooby. And this realization tears me apart, and also he'll always be with me. And the beauty of what remains, as Rabbi Sleeve Leader says, will be profound and lasting and like nothing else. April 21st. It's today. Today is the day. Scooby's last morning, his last marionette show, his final plunge off the bed. In a few hours, he'll be gone. I ask myself, what's a life like without him? And an honest answer has to recognize that the past month he hasn't been fully himself. So maybe I know a little bit already what it's like without him. I wonder if that's part of the process, the creature on their way out showing us a glimpse of what life will be like without them, an invitation to listen, an invitation to allow, an invitation to accept. I accept that it will be so very hard, and I accept that it will be so very beautiful. I accept that I can hold both of these truths in my heart, not allowing them to exist as opposites, but to honor their existence as a reflection of humanity and the multitudes we contain. Some days will be worse than others, where I'm awash in heartbreak and sadness. Some days his memories will brighten my heart as I reflect on the immense joy of his life. And all the days he will be in my heart, my sweet baby boy, my first dog, my first love, my Scooby. And that is, that is uh, my piece. Uh, again, you can read it at feelyhuman.co. It's called Grief, Acceptance, and Letting Go of a Dog Named Scooby. Uh, thank you for listening to that. Um, it was hard to read that. It was hard to read that. Uh, but I got through it. I got through it. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. So let's, let's talk about Scooby. Um, I think the easiest way into that is to answer some of your questions, your wonderful, wonderful, thoughtful, sweet questions. And the first one I want to uh, tackle is from uh, Brittany. What was Scooby's favorite snack? Hmm. So when I think about Scooby and food, uh, very food-motivated dog. He loved his food. He loved breakfast. He loved he loved his dinner. And his favorite snack, you know, honestly, it might be butter. Uh, he 
once when he was uh, just a little pup, probably probably just a few years old, he he got into probably I think it was a quarter stick or half a stick of butter before we realized it. He got it off the table or some uh, side table or something, and and I don't know if that that was the turning point uh, of his butter obsession, but. He was a dog who loved butter. Anytime butter was out, like Jessica would get butter out for her bread or something, and he would he would start licking the air. He would like he would know where it was at, and he would be sniffing, and he would just go for it. And and sometimes we would give him a little taste, you know, off our finger. And in his last couple of weeks, we did we did more of that. But he loved butter, so butter was his favorite snack. I will say uh, as an answer to that one wonderful question from Brittany. Uh, Brittany has a couple more questions here. I'll uh, I'll answer. What was Scooby's favorite spot to relax at home? So this is an easy one. Uh, his favorite spot was anywhere our feet were, and I mean that truly. So Scooby was a dog who liked to be with us wherever wherever we were, and. Um, you know, I, I, you know, he'd be here, like he'd be here, like at my feet recording this, uh, if he were here, you know, anytime Jessica's at the, at the table, he'd be at her feet or I was on the couch, he'd be at our feet or on the couch with us. He, he needed to be with us or, or maybe that's, that's a projection. He, he wanted to be with us. It seemed, uh, he, he always liked to be with us. I have pictures of me in the bath and him, you know, on at the bath mat, just laying there next to me while I'm taking a bath. He loved, he loved being on the bath mat when Jessica and I were showering. He needed, he wanted to be with us anytime. So favorite spot to relax at our feet next to us, uh, cozying up to us on the couch, any of those places. Also from Brittany, what is the most quote, human thing you can remember Scooby doing? Something that made you think, this is not a dog, he's something else. Uh, You know, I I think the one thing that Scooby started to do, I don't know, maybe when he's, I'm terrible at time, but maybe within the last like five, seven years or something, he loved to hold his own leash. So, he, I don't know how it started, but he would pick it up or we would just hand it to him and he would I have many pictures of him holding his his leash in his in his in his mouth, uh, and it's just the cutest thing you could you could ever see. And he got used to uh, just you know holding his leash when he wanted it, it. Like I think it brought him immense joy. I think it was like a fun game that we would play. I think it brought him a bit of pride in that this this skill he could he could do. He can hold. Uh, a leash in his mouth or a paper or, you know, one time, you know, when we were living in Orange, he, I gave him a a gift for our postal service worker and he went down the stairs with the gift in his mouth and, and delivered it to her. And it was just so cute. He just, he loved to do it. It like brought him immense joy and it brought us immense joy watching him be all uh, waggy and excited to hold things in his mouth. So, that's maybe a human thing. Obviously, we as humans maybe don't hold leashes in our mouths or gifts for that matter, but he's carrying it. He's carrying it in the way that he knows how, um, and he can, right? No opposable thumbs on a dog, so 
I love that about him. It was so cute. This is a question from Kate, Kate Flanders. Um, Kate asks, how old were you when you got Scooby? Why were you drawn to puppy Scooby? So when, so Jessica, it was Jessica, Scooby was Jessica's dog first. Actually, it was, uh, Scooby was uh, Jessica's sister, Cecilia's dog first. And uh, he came from a litter of uh, Seabert dogs. Seabert is a family uh, that uh, Jessica's family is is close to. And Diane Seabert, rest her soul, uh, used to raise uh, Labradors and show them and, um, you know, do all sorts of things. And Scooby came from uh, that litter. And uh, so when... Jessica eventually like took over uh, Scooby duty, you know, took Scooby into her world um, maybe when he was about six months or so. Uh, so still a puppy. And then when I met Jessica, Scooby was about a year old, a little over a year old. Uh, uh, this was in 2000, uh, near uh, the fall of 2007. And so, you know, I had a good, uh, I don't know, 15 years, almost 15 years with Scooby. And the, the thing that, um, so he was, yeah, so he was a little over a year old to answer that first question and why we were drawn to him. Just, you know, from, from puppy stage, he was, like I mentioned before, he, he liked to be at our feet. Like he was just a dog who loved animals. Um, and by animals, I mean humans. I meant humans, but we're animals too. He loved people. He loved to be around people. It, um, brought him joy. He always wanted to be cozy and snuggled up next to you. And that was from, you know, day one, at least from I saw. And, and he always had these giant paws, like even as a puppy, he had this giant paws and into, you know, into his whole life. He had these larger than life paws that you don't really see on a Labrador, just a little bit larger and I love that. I, I, you know, maybe the sort of romantic in me uh, wants to like say that 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 was a a way of his sort of putting a a bigger mark on the world or something. But um, yeah, just just a, such a sweet, loving puppy and dog throughout his life. Uh, this is a question from Jen. Hey, Jen. Jen asks, share one of Scooby's unique qualities slash habits. So. You know the one I mentioned, holding his leash in his in his hand, uh, in his in his mouth, was is one. Um, other unique qualities. Um, he he, uh, gosh, he ate his own poop for years. He did that. Um, this is a silly answer to the question, I know, but um, it brought us, it kept us on our toes, and it uh definitely made us uh, disgusted by him at times. It's interesting the juxtaposition of this creature you love so deeply and you would do anything for and also just disgusted by his penchant for poopy. And I, <laughs> I, you know, it's, he, I mean, really he could do no wrong. Um, I, I think that's, that's where that's at. It's like, yeah, he ate his poop, but so what? Dogs do that from time to time, you know, and um, that's not really a unique ability or habit. I I don't have a good answer for this. Um, 
and I'm sorry, but you have lots of questions here, Jen. So I'm going to answer some of these and maybe I'll get back to that one. Uh, you also ask, how did he have the most expressive eyebrows ever? Thank you for that, Jen. He, he did. Scooby had the most expressive eyebrows ever, truly. Uh, just like very, like, like if he was... Like he's a Martin Scorsese eyebrows level, like it, like that sort of fluffiness and expression, and they just kind of were part of his like curious, inquisitive, cute face. Um, Love those eyebrows, can't get enough of them. Um, Jen also asked, "Can you describe the moment you realized Scooby was your best friend?" So when I met Jessica, I, you know, we growing up, uh, we had dogs and. Um, Montana was the main dog that we had. He was a golden retriever. Great dog, wonderful dog. Our dogs were never house dogs, though. While Montana was in the house from time to time, like uh, Montana slept outside in like a separate area. And um, when I met Jessica, you know, Jessica's family, the Dobson family, are just, you know, full animal lovers, like inside and out, inside the bed, just, you know, when I met them, there was rabbits and they had birds and multiple dogs and cats. And it was a, it was a change for me and a a welcome change. I think like initially, you know, this was, yeah, 14 years ago, I was a, I was a much younger person and a much, I think, um, I hadn't done a lot of therapy at that point and I hadn't really started figuring out who I was as a person. And I think there was, you know, if I'm being honest, if I'm looking back on that time when I first sort of came into Jessica's world and therefore Scooby's world, I, I had a lot of armor up and a lot of guards up and still, and I, I I probably put some of that armor up, you know, with Scooby initially, but he softened my heart pretty quickly. And you know, I I am someone who likes to hike and run and be adventurous. And he was a dog who, again, wanted to be with us. So whatever we were doing, he would be there. And I have so many lovely memories of Scooby on adventures with us on hikes or me on solo runs or camping trips or travel or whatever it may be. Scooby was there. You know, I... I have uh, a wonderful memory of uh, the first time Scooby camped with us. And uh, he, I think he thought it was like maybe Christmas morning or something. It was the dog version of Christmas morning because he got to sleep right between us in this tiny little tent. And uh, he was in love, like, and I was in love. And I don't know if there was a specific moment to your question, Jen. Just many moments, many moments of... (sighs) me looking at this dog, this dog looking at me and just pure adoration and love and joy in our hearts. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I, I, I keep saying that he was the love of my life. And I, 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 I say that in sincerity, you know, also knowing that Jessica's the love of my life too, but he, he truly was, uh, you know, I don't know, like I, I'm struggling to think or feel, I'm struggling to think about, you know, maybe bringing in, you know, rescuing another dog and having, you know, 
bringing a, a friend and the family for Maddie, you know, um, and I, I think that's important, rescuing dogs. There are so many dogs that need homes and, and emotionally yet, it's like so hard, like part of me, and I know I can't do this. I don't have this capacity, but like I thought the other day, I was like, hey, maybe, maybe I, I wonder if I can, uh, you know, guard my heart. I wonder if I can like be colder to Maddie and therefore the letting go in a decade or 15 years or two decades or whatever is easier or something, but that's not reality. That's not who I am. That's, that's, that's not going to happen. So, you know, the reason, you know, I, I think that the harder you love, the harder it is to let them go. And I, I think that's, that's the beauty of it, right? That is, you know, the reason why, we go as humans and and creatures the reason why um not the reason why the fact that we expire the fact that we die is what makes this thing so meaningful and you know i i i'm holding on to that lesson and thinking about scooby and and really my life truly like in my life life on this planet and so that's what i have uh, I'm all over the place. Um, another question from Jen. Uh, what was Scooby's favorite toy and why did he like it? So, Scooby's favorite toys were not, in fact, toys. They were our socks, truly. Probably his favorite toy was like a used sock, a dirty sock, you know, sort of pre, you know, a, a sock that we've worn all day and it and got our sweat and stench and, and, and special sauce in it. Um, and then he puts it in his mouth. You know, we take it off, it's on the floor, he grabs it and plays with it, you know. And that was a fun thing about Scooby is that he, he would, you know, toss... He would like sometimes like just play with himself and like toss or like poke with his nose little toys or socks and throw them and then just pounce on them. <laughs> it was so adorable. I, I'm sure we have some video of that, but he loved socks. Socks were his jam. He loved to, uh, and actually I was going to say he loved to chew on it, but he didn't love to chew on it. He like, I'm, I'm sort of envisioning him now. I'm like moving my hands and you can't see that, but like he would place these socks very delicately in his mouth and he would never like chew holes into them. He would never tear them up like Maddie would do. He would gently place them in his mouth and the same with any toy. He was never like a chewer or a terror. He just placed them in his mouth gently to, you know, take them back to us. You know, if we were playing catch or something, or just to play with himself. And it was, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know why, why that is, but he, you know, maybe it, it speaks to his softness and his, his gentleness. Um, yeah, I love that about him. Okay, Jen also asked, what were Scooby's top three things to do? His top three things, uh, one, going out, like on an adventure, like wherever it was, like he, he loved to go to the vet. Like the veterinarian, he loved to go see Lori. He, you know, so anytime we would like go in the car somewhere or just go for a walk, he was jazzed. Even up until his death, he, you know, it was hard to move him and his legs weren't working well, but he still had that spark of like, are we going somewhere? Let's go. Like, that'd be fun. If we, if we all went together, like that would be wonderful. Like truly this would make my day if we went somewhere. So 
going places was one of his favorite things to do. Uh, the other favorite thing of his, I think he loved to swim. So Jessica's parents have a pool and, you know, in his younger years, he would jump and jump for toys and just swim around. And he would like, he would often like, th- that would be the first thing he would do is just get into that pool and just like cool down. I think it was always sort of a little hot dog, but he would just sit in that, sit on those steps. And in his later years, he would sit on those steps, you know, cause he, he knew he, he couldn't swim around too much and he just loved being in the water and there were many times and it was so cute and also hilarious because we would be swimming and he would he would want to be next to us i mentioned that he'd want to be next to us all the time so we were swimming around and you know of course dogs doggy paddle that's why that's why they call it doggy paddle so he would be doggy doggy paddling up to us uh and therefore you know if you weren't aware, you'd get you'd get scratched on your back or scratched on your chest or something. Or, you know, if you're a little kid, you know, watch out because you'll be drowned because Scooby <laughs> Scooby wants to be next to you, uh, but he also apparently wants to drown you. So that was adorable and also hilarious. Um, I loved that when that happened. You always had to be aware of where Scooby was because he just wanted to be right next to you always, even in the water. Land and and land and water. Uh, Jen also asked, "Can you please share the story of Scooby jumping into the horse watering trough again?" Yes, absolutely. So, <clears throat> when uh, Jessica and I lived in Orange for a number of years in various places, and one of our pla- uh, favorite places to go was um, Santiago Oaks Regional Park. Uh, it's where Jessica and I got married, and it's where Jessica and I first went hiking together and with Scooby. We have a picture of that day. A wonderful, wonderful day. And uh, there are these uh, horse troughs in in the park uh, for for horses. So, you know, big, big old, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, they're like three, three and a half feet tall or something. Big sort of black rubber uh, troughs for horses to drink out of. And, you know, maybe like four or five years ago, I, I would go hiking and running through there with Scooby all the time. And we got the habit in his early years to like, I would like lead him. I would run him up next to like right by my side, you know, next to, uh, next to me and get him to jump into those watering troughs to cool down. And he loved it. Like he loved it. And there was a time where he can actually like jump up there and get right in. And he loved it. He loved to just, he would move about like a little tugboat and he would, you know, circle that little, little trough, you know, cooling down, but also taking in some water into his mouth. It was super sweet. Um, after a while, I, I had to like pick up his, you know, pick him up and actually throw him in. And that was fine. And I love to do that. There was this one moment though, where, you know, I'm, I'm drinking water myself, Scooby's in the trough, cooling down, you know, we, we were out hiking and it's hot and you know, it's Southern California. So, you know, dogs gotta, dogs gotta cool down and why not throw them in the trough? So of course we're there. And, um, this, this older woman who had been walking or something in the park, uh, was just giving me evil eyes from afar, maybe like 50 yards off, just, just these evil eyes. And I'm like, well, 
she's not a fan of me putting you in the trough, Scooby. So I assumed that she went and tattled on me. And I was correct. She tattled. She tattled to she tattled to the park rangers uh, up at the gate. And as I was heading back out with Scooby on my way back home, I uh I got a I got a stern talking to from the uh, park rangers saying that can't put dogs in the horse troughs, which I still think is a little silly. Uh, but you know, I guess it's their rules, it's their park, and I I said okay, you know, I apologize, I'm sorry about that. And the whole time while I'm getting talked to, this this mean mean old lady was just still staring and like tis tis tisking me, you know, with her hand and. I just, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to sick Scooby on her, uh, you know, even though that's not the type of dog Scooby was. He he would have went up to her and just snuggled her. She doesn't deserve it. Uh, anyways, that's the watering trough story. Um, a couple other things that I wanted to share about Scooby is, is that, um, you know, he, I, so like I, I, I have you know, in my own work, in my own sort of mental health journey, I I do come to a place of thinking about the importance of presence. And, you know, in the last five or seven years or so, I would often think through the lens of Scooby, you know, be more like Scooby. I would say that to myself or be more like a dog just in general, but it was be more like Scooby. And by that, I always meant be more present, be here with him. Don't think about tomorrow. Enjoy what you have in front of you because um, that's that's what you have. And Scooby was truly that dog. He, he really didn't have much anxiety, um, you know, other than the one time he did get into a fight with this one uh, other dog when he was younger and it was a whole thing and Jessica had to tear them apart and Jessica got bit and then passed out. And it was a whole thing. Other than that, Scooby had no anxiety and um, he really kind of, I don't know, it's maybe silly or uh, cheap to say, but he really lived in the moment. He had a sort of joyful, honest presence about him that I just truly loved and cherished and aspire to every day. So I, I wanted to share that. Um, the other, the other thing, um, I wanted to mention is that I mentioned well, a couple of things. So Scooby loved to swim. And when we were living in Norco, uh, for a couple of years, that place is very hot and, you know, Scooby's a black lab. So, you know, he's always very hot. He, uh, we got him a, one of those little plastic kitty pools for like 20 bucks, filled it with water, you know, in the backyard and he would just lay there and he loved it. He loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is, is um, Scooby had a brief but, you know, wonderful friendship with uh, another dog named Sprocket, my friend Yishan and Jim's wonderful dog who passed away a number of years ago and just such a, just such a sensitive and intelligent and sweet adventurous pup um because you know his parents were that way and uh, and he's that way was that way and uh sprocket was a dog who was just genius at holding stuff on his nose 
Like they, you could put like anything on his nose and he would just balance it there. And it was incredible. And it was hilarious and incredible. And so one time when we were dog sitting Sprocket uh, in Norco, Jessica and I thought, hey, let's let's like see what see what Scooby can do. Scooby's our man. Scooby's the best. Scooby can do anything that Sprocket can do. Um, let me be clear. Scooby could not do what Sprocket could do in this particular area. So we shot a video. Um, maybe I'll try to share it uh, on Instagram or something, but it's just a short like 30 second video of like, you know, walking through the steps of like putting all these little things on, on Sprocket's nose and Sprocket just acing the test, just holding every one of those things in still silence just and and we gave him a treat at the end and then and then we did the same sort of objects holding them on scooby's nose he dropped every single one he's like what is this on my face get it off why did this fall down um very funny um the 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 description i'm giving you is not uh doing it justice it's it was just a something that that you know when i think about scooby's life it's one of those silly things that pops out that that brings me joy and makes me immensely sad that he's not here um, with me today. But um, what else can I say about a, a dog named Scooby? I, you know, I, I love him. I love him so much. I am so sad to see him gone. You know, one of the things that Jessica and I want to do is, put up more pictures, frame more pictures of him and put him in the house. Um, we do have an amazing um, hand-drawn rendition of his face on our wall, which was done by our dear friend Becky and Norm's friend. And um, that's that's a thing I cherish and I've been staring at pretty much every day since Scooby passed. Um, and uh, there are days that are harder than others. There are days that I still cry and think about him and days that I think about him and, and smile and, and feel all giddy and, 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 and warm inside. And I think that's the rub. I think that's, maybe that's what being human is, right? Is these ebbs and flows of, of loss and grief and joy and vacillating between all of the emotions that are valid and real and should be, should be looked at, should be felt. And, um, I don't, you know, there were many days leading up to Scooby's passing that I, I told myself, like, I, I, I can't live without him. And I, you know, that, you know, that's, that's not true. You know, I, I can and should and need to live, you know, keep living. Like he would not want that for me. And you know, I, I, he would not want that for me because he knows, you know, he knows what I want to do. He knows like the impact I want to make on the world and, and all that stuff. And maybe that's more projecting. I don't know. What I do know is that he was a wonderful dog and my life will be forever changed because of him. And, uh, He's the best, truly the best. And um, I'm going to get back to this question about Jen's question about Scooby's unique qualities and habits. Um, 
And I'm going to give it some thought right here. Think about Scooby as a dog and his uniqueness. I know what I want to say about this. Um, You know, if you know me, that you know that I like to dance. And by that, I mean I like to, like, move my body in weird ways to music while in the kitchen, usually, and no one around or Jessica around just rolling her eyes at me. (laughs) And Scooby loved that. Scooby loved dancing. And anytime I danced, he wanted to be a part of it um, because it was silly and I was doing weird things with my body and he would... uh, It was a game for him. Like, he would sort of, like nibble at my toes and, you know, paw at my toes and feet, you know, and and he would just kind of chase and pounce around while I'm sort of gyrating to, you know, the mountain goats or whatever. And uh, that always made me feel seen and uh, less alone in my, you know, quirkiness. And I loved that. He's so Scooby loved to dance, I'm going to say, is my answer to that question, Jen. And I don't know what else to share. I don't. Um, I, I'm still very, I'm still very sad. You know, um, I am still depressed, and I don't, I don't like not being here with Scooby. I don't like it. It's hard. It's hard. Um, and uh, I know that the loss and the Scooby size, you know, shape in my heart will be there forever. And I do also know that, you know, the pain will become less bearable as well. Uh, More bearable, I think is what I wanted to say. Um, Freudian slip there maybe, but (sighs) Scooby, he's, he's a dog. I I hope that you listening are, and if you have animals, you have dogs, you have cats, whatever animals you have, if you have people in your life, hold them, cherish them, see them, allow them to be the beautiful, beautiful, unique creatures they are. That's what we need to do for each other. That's what we need to do for the animals in our lives, the humans in our lives. And uh, Scooby was a dog who gave us so much and he'll never be forgotten for, for all of that. He, he was truly special and I am sad that he's gone and I'm grateful for all the all the joy he had had given us and will continue to give me uh, as i think upon him and remember him the the other thing the the last thing i i haven't done yet which is so we scooby was cremated and um we have his ashes and i i want to with jessica i want to like go around to various places that we've spent time with Scooby and, and spread a little bit of his ashes here and there. I think it'll be special and I think he'd like that, you know? Um, I, I think he'd like that a lot. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I'm, I'm also 
thinking of a memory of, of Scooby's first time at the beach. I think it was his first time. I don't know if we, we took him to the beach very often, but there was this one coming back from a road trip, just like an impromptu thing where Jessica and I were tired of being in the car and we found this, you know, little parking spot off the 101 maybe, or the one, no, it must've been the one, you know, somewhere up in central coast of California or between there and LA or something, doesn't matter. But we stopped and pulled over and we found a spot where no one was and uh, we crossed the we crossed the train tracks and went to the beach and we just ran around with Scooby. And, and one of the pictures that I shared on Instagram when Scooby passed, it was one of those pictures of, of me jumping up and Scooby sort of right by my side, looking at me and jumping up in his own way. Um, he loved that. He loved, I mean, he loved being right next to us. And, you know, it, in, in thinking of that, like maybe a lot of this sounds like, you know, Scooby was just, uh, a, a tool in my own self-love game or something, but it's not like that. It's, it's the, the, the power of showing up for people and Scooby showed up for me in his beautiful way. And that allowed me to be more of who I was and who I am. And, uh, that's a gift I will never forget. It's a gift that will always live in my heart. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Scooby. I'm grateful for you for listening to this rambly, emotional episode about my dog Scoobs. Scoobzilla. Sir Scooby of of Dew, as Jessica called him. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for... Uh, rating and reviewing Yumi Empathy. Uh, please do that if you haven't. And uh, thank you for uh, cherishing your creatures.